Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Smart Muslima Podcast. Inshallah, if you find this podcast episode useful, please subscribe and tell your friends and family about Smart Muslima. Also, good news, I have a newsletter and that's how we can stay in touch. To subscribe, please go to smartmuslima.com. Details are also in the podcast notes. In the newsletter, I'll be sharing my book recommendations, productivity tips and online courses that I've created and also information about a new book that I'm writing called Smart Single Muslimer. Inshallah, it will help you to transform the way you approach love and relationships. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to a Muslim Mum podcast. Uh, as you know, in this season, we are talking about love, relationships and marriage. So today I have got Nadia Akhtar with me. She's a life coach and um, she kind of specializes nowadays in issues relating to marriage. Assalamu alaikum, Nadia. Wa alaikum salam. How are you? Alhamdulillah. I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Alhamdulillah. Very good. Yeah, so we we found each other on Instagram, didn't we? Yeah, we, I've been following you for quite quite a long time now, alhamdulillah. And yeah, and I've seen how, mashallah, how like your your kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a career, but you've definitely developed over the years. And um, I guess to begin with, why, what got you into life coaching? I, I think it was, um, I think around the time that I came onto Instagram, it all started when I had my own two little kids I had, uh, Ismail was around two years old Yusuf was a little baby and my daughter was uh, four years old and I think at that time you know just being at home and not having anything else to do and just maybe wanting something more than to just look after the children and I guess I was going on Instagram a lot and I was inspired by all these other sisters that were blogging at the time so I thought you know let's just do some blogging on the side mm-hmm. and um, I really enjoyed the process of taking photographs of the children sharing what kind of activities I was doing with the children what fun games I was playing with the kids when we'd be baking cakes I'd take a picture and stuff um, and post it on the Instagram and I found that like a bit of fun something for myself on the side um, and I've also been really interested in like self-development and psychology and Islam uh, for many many years prior to having my children and I guess the whole coming on social media um, helped me to start talking about the subjects that were 
close to my heart. So then I was talking about motherhood and our struggles and how, you know, struggles are an important part of our growth and, like, you know, just how self-care is important, how holding on to things that are, you know, matter to us is so important in motherhood. So I guess there were reminders for myself, but also I was just posting on there as well. And then as I gradually went along, I guess um, it was just uh, it just gradually evolved into this. Uh, it was never really a plan. There was it, I never really intended to do it this way, but it just evolved into this kind of a life coaching. And now I'm supporting other sisters who are struggling in motherhood or with their relationships and marriages, or uh, sisters who have you know been through unsuccessful marriages. And alhamdulillah, I'm just loving it. Okay, alhamdulillah. That's because um, coaching is it can be quite draining. For, for the coach sometimes in especially when we're looking at okay if we're going to look at marriage in particular that are you finding that more of the ladies that you're speaking to they're coming to you with issues relating to marriage and marriage problems well i, I, I think originally it was like parenting issues that i was focusing a lot on parenting and how to look after children because i was like uh, really really into parenting books I've, I've read every single parenting book there is and I'm just such a parenting book junkie but then the more I speak to all these sisters you know you start connecting with sisters in the dms and they're talking to you and you know t t talking about their children what I found it wasn't really actually the the children that was the problem but there, there were other issues in the background because it's, it's when we when other things are messing up in our life like family problems if the relationship with the husband or wife isn't stable if the you know, if the, if the wife isn't feeling like, you know, generally fulfilled, if we're not fulfilling our self-esteem needs, then it, it, it normally is the children that are, you know, on the receiving end of that. If the mother's not feeling good, if mom's cup isn't full, then it is the children that are on the receiving end. So I found that, so I found that like it was, it's, it's a combination of many things that, you know, lead to us, you know, feeling this way over time. So, and, then, um, so would you say then, so it makes sense that if, you know, if, if any listeners are, are experiencing issues in them, uh, in their family, that maybe they do need to focus first on the marriage, if they are married, that is. Um, because you're right, if you don't have a, if you're not happy in your marriage, how are you going to be a happy wife or happy mother or, ha you know, be happy in your interactions with your kids? So, yeah. So um, it's interesting that when we were speaking previously, I think one of the main, what would you say is your main advice to women that, is it, do they need to maybe go on, you know, is it date nights that they need to be doing? Is it that, what, what is it that they need to focus on to improve their marriage? So I think that marriage is, uh, is you know, we're always taught, you know, since we've grown up that marriage is like the, the, the success, that, that is marriage is this, this um, end line, like it's like you're running this race of life, and once you reach there, it's like the, the biggest goal, biggest achievement in life. But I found that um, it's, it's about working on ourselves. So we have to meet our own needs, our own self-esteem, we've got to fill our own cup. When we feel happy and fulfilled in ourselves, then everything else that in our life becomes successful. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Everything else in the okay, so start again. Right, so I, I believe that if if we um if we work on ourselves and if we work on our, our own esteem needs and if we if we work on like our own happiness levels, then that will then lead on to a happy marriage. It will lead on to happy you know children. It will you know business or anything else that you might be doing on, in your life is successful. But if we're not feeling good, if we're insecure individuals ourselves and we're relying on our husband, we're dependent upon our husbands to fill our cup and make us happy, you know, emotionally dependent upon somebody else, this is never going to create a good result. Two people need to come together, husband and wife, as full 
it isn't we're not we're not making one another whole you know this whole concept of like somebody comes into your life and they fill that void inside ourselves we shouldn't be looking for somebody else to fill that void in ourselves it has to we have to fill our own void ourselves and it comes back to you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing things that you enjoy you know connecting with other people meaningfully doing meaningful work you know and yeah and, and so, I think that those things contribute towards a happy marriage yeah so you know you're you hear this a lot that I'll fix my husband or yeah. I, I need um so number one okay that would be so don't like work on yourself and I think that is so important we do neglect ourselves to begin yeah. with um and then as far as now okay once we get in whether we are already in a marriage and we're experiencing problems um is it because you know um like it's the periphery issues you know whether you know um dressing up or expect you know um expecting your husband to give you flowers or even copying getting out ideas on what will make our marriage successful and happy um I find nowadays we've got too many, um, too, too many, what's the word, like too much information about marriage, maybe too yeah. much of the wrong kind of information that if you do this, you will be, you will have a happy marriage, a successful marriage. What advice would you give about that, about viewing all those, all that data that's coming into our head about marriage? Okay, so I just can ask you then, like, what, what in, in your opinion do you think makes, makes a happy marriage, what makes a successful marriage in your opinion? What kind of things do you associate normally with a successful marriage? Well, it's interesting that my views have changed over time. And I'd say to, when I was young, um, I'd say Bollywood for sure had really um, had a massive impact on the way I view ma viewed marriage because even, you know, that one, okay, you have to, somehow you have to be in love with the yeah. person. Like somehow, you know, before yeah. marriage, there has to be love. You know, that's a, yeah. that was one yeah. idea. And that then, you know, the emphasis on looks, the idea that, okay, you're going to have a house, you're going to have a car, you're going to go on holidays. Yeah. Gonna, your husband should get, you know, he should bring you flowers. You should dress up. It was... Um, Dance it was, around the trees. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think even if, you know, you would laugh at that because you knew you were never going to go and do that in the park. But yeah. that, like, yeah, that's happy. They're happy there. And look at their kids, they're so cute and always looking really nice. Yeah. So if that, that was the kind of ideal, and I'd say even in, in Pakistani culture, that that's what was pushed as well. That, and also then the kind of husband, so he should have a degree, he should have money, he should come from some kind of really educated family. So, yeah. And like you said, if you got that, then you were ha you'd hit the jackpot. Yeah. But then the, the, the other thing is with, with marriage, uh, I think the thing that we often forget is that many of our belief systems on marriage where, where are they coming from that, that's mm. the question if we think that all of these things mean success and um you, you know it is you know all these ideas that we have about marriage about what a husband should be like what he should give us valentine's day gifts money um showering us with compliments praising us telling us we're beautiful all the time. where did we get that idea from anyway like what is love what is what is a successful marriage anyway where did we get this belief system from Hmm. Yeah, that, that's true. And I wonder how often do we sit and pause and think about that, that if we, if we're, if we think we've got a bad marriage, what are we measuring it with? Who, yeah. What are we comparing it to? And okay, not only social media, but even the ideas that, um, um, you know, in, in, if you live, like we live in UK, there is a particular idea that normal Muslims have about marriage and that 
you know, I remember we mentioned this before about that, unless we've got 50-50 uh, in the marriage that, so this has to be like equality in the chores, in the amount of time we spend with the kids, both of us should be able to go to work. If that's not there, then somehow there's a problem. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've noticed this a lot actually with, with sisters that I work with, there's this whole notion of, um, oh, he doesn't look after the children as much as I do. He doesn't do as much homework with the children as I do. Um, you know, he doesn't help me out with the housework as much as I do. And I think, let, let's just let's just reel it back a little bit. It's all about our belief system. So if, I, if I'm a type of person who believes that my husband's not doing the same amount of work with the children as I'm doing, and that means that he's doing something wrong, or, 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 or how do I interpret that? Does that mean that he's mistreating me, or do I think that's unfair? Right, then, of course, then we're, we're bound to kind of go into run into problems because my belief system isn't quite right. So we need to start looking at our belief systems. Does the husband having like a 50-50 deal in the marriage, like both of us doing exactly the same amount of everything, does that, does that mean make a, a successful marriage? Let's start looking at that then, like where did we even get this idea from? Because the way I see it is that a more healthier kind of belief is that let's look at marriage in this way, that I feel my husband's weaknesses and he feels my weaknesses and we kind of fit in with one another where like wherever I'm weak, he, he fits in and wherever he is weak, I fit in. And, and the things that I'm stronger in, I would do more of those things and the things that he's stronger in, he would do more of those things. Like for example, with my own children, I am, you know, responsible and I'm happily responsible for their education. I like do the homework with them. I will iron their clothes. I will you know, get them dressed for school. I feel as I'm stronger than my husband in that kind of area. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband's stronger in different areas and he does those things. I mean, not to say that if I, if I make a polite request to him and say, can you bath the children or can you get them changed? You will. But just generally, I accept that I'm stronger with these kind of things like organizational skills. Maybe I'm better at those things. And he has his strengths in different areas. Um, and, you know, we're accepting of that. And it isn't some sort of competition between us that, you know, who's going to do more things and stuff. Because, look, if we start looking at marriage in that kind of way, we're never able to make progress. It's always me against him kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Rather, I think the more healthier way to look at it is just me and you against the challenge. So in life, whenever we have a challenge, that we, we have to look at, look, me and you need to figure this out together. How are we going to do it? But if we've got, like, negative thoughts towards one another, it's always us two clashing with one another, it's our conflict with one another. I think once your relationship is good and your family ambience is nice, your children thrive, you make more progress in your business, you're able to have more creative kind of thinking. And anywhere, anywhere in life, you're able to connect more with like other lovely sisters like yourself. Like I, I will feel good because if my marriage is good, if I feel good in myself, like I'm able to do more things in my life. But say, say, say the opposite, say my marriage isn't happy. I won't want to speak to other people. I won't want to do, you know, any kind of creative projects. If anything, my husband will probably become a block there, you know, because we're constantly getting in each other's way. Um, your children will notice these things. They're living in this, you know, an unhealthy atmosphere every single day. It's bound to have an effect upon their education. And, you know, just their well-being in general. And, you know, every single day becomes such an emotional drain. So I think that's why it's so important. Even before the marriage, I think it's important for us to work on, our, on ourselves as women. We need to let go of these unhealthy belief systems that we have about marriage. If I'm always thinking that my husband's selfish, he doesn't care about me, you know, it's unfair, he doesn't love me, he's not talking to me, he's not complimenting me, he's not taking me out. This is just going to generate like uh, not a very nice feeling in myself because it's always our thoughts that create our feelings. It's always when I think something 
that that a chemical releases out of my brain into my body and it makes a feeling it isn't my husband's not doing anything to me he can't make me feel anything it's, it's my thoughts that are creating my feelings it could it could be that my husband might be struggling with something with with his workload or maybe with his you know maybe he's upset about one of his brothers or sisters or maybe there's there could be many, many other issues that he's struggling with i don't have to always make his behavior mean something about me and i think that's where sisters are maybe choosing you know ne negatively thinking about their husbands and then creating this uh, uncomfortable feeling in them in, inside themselves and then blaming him for that i think it's so important that we take self-responsibility in our marriage rather than constantly looking for approval happiness love and everything from somebody else yes I, that's that's really true and it's hard isn't it to to look at yourself and um think actually is is a, am i part of the problem it's easier to yeah. just put the blame on someone else not that yeah. we're saying you know if you are in a if there's you know if it's a bad relationship where there's <clears throat> any kind of whether it's physical violence or abuse no one we're not saying you ignore that you definitely go and get help and um and do something about that but this is the kind of normal situations we're talking about but should i tell you something interesting that i yeah. i've now stopped reading um fiction books um by written by women may muslim or non-muslim to be honest because if uh, that are kind of for my age range so that kind of middle age range because if you look at them so many of them have they'll have a bad marriage in there they have two there's like this polar opposites either the really good marriages or really bad where the husband's mm. cheating on the wife he's um you know like some really terrible story like they've made movies out of my um the, the titles now have gone out of my head but yeah. oh no girl on the train and um yes. what's that one with they made it into oh it will come back to me but yes basically there was a time when i was reading them and i'd read them and then I would have exactly, as you're saying, those three negative feelings towards my husband. And then I realized, hold on, if I'm consuming books and then they do turn them into movies or, they, you know, we're talking about marriage problems and the blame and the husband's an awful husband. You start looking at your own husband in that way. You can't see the good. You just yeah. see the bad. So yeah. what advice would you give as far as how is the, whether it's popular culture, you know, or, well, it could be any like movies, books, music. How much of an effect does that have on the way we view our marriage? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. See, this is something that I'm really passionate about because since learning this, I can just see this everywhere and the, the, the effects it has on us like our mind is so, so powerful. And it's made up of two parts. And I like to explain it like this. Just imagine that you've got a big... Uh, massive like uh, football and on top of that you've got a small tennis ball now just imagine the big football is the subconscious mind and the small tennis ball on top of it is um, the conscious mind so we're talking to each other now and this is our, our conscious mind we're using our conscious faculty to have this conversation to understand one another and we're we're paying attention now as well right but underneath this bit so we're using the tennis ball at the moment we're, we're using our conscious mind which is just a small part of our mind now 90% of our understanding and 90% of our actions, words, the things that we do, the way we live our life comes from this subconscious part of our mind. And the way that 
uh, way that I can explain this is just imagine when you're driving somewhere, when you're going somewhere, you're not often focusing on like what you're doing. You, you sit in the car and you'll just do everything just happening by itself. You're not consciously paying attention to, you know, when you're pressing your feet on the brake or you're not consciously paying attention to every turn and stuff. But when you first learned how to drive, you were consciously paying attention. And it seemed like so much more effort, didn't it? Because whenever you're learning something, you're constantly paying attention. You're constantly needing to pay attention. But then suddenly, once, once you've learned it, the conscious mind takes this information in and it's, it's passed down to the subconscious. And now everything's just happening by itself. It's like when we brush our teeth, we don't pay too much attention to that. Or when we're dressing ourselves or many things like even cooking, I don't really need to think about cooking. I can just do these things without paying too much attention. So the subconscious mind is is where all everything's happening you've got to, this is where our beliefs our actions our words our thoughts come from everything that's in there now if you're constantly seeing these images on instagram of happy couples um you know embracing one another on the beach or if you're watching with Simran and Raja running through the yellow meadow field or mm-hmm. if you're looking at listening hearing all of these songs um you know talking about love and you know that kind of thing if you're listening to all these kind of words and your subconscious mind is taking all of this in and and i don't want you to confuse this with the conscious mind the conscious is the thinking mind. the subconscious mind just accepting everything it's taking it all in and this is becoming part of the program that we live our life by so then the, the thing is anything that you keep exposing yourself to has an effect on your life and this is why it's so important in islam to um always stay in good company always um you know stay around you know good things you know and there's the prophet hadith where um they said that if you sit with somebody that that sells perfume the, the smell of the perfume will come on to you um and it's, it's all about what, what we're exposing ourselves if we're exposing ourselves to unhealthy images of love and these i think romanticism is a very commercialized concept the whole concept of romanticism is all about making money like what is valentine's day anyway like red roses these flowers these date nights it's all about it's all a money-making thing that friday night night going out on dates it's a money-making thing uh, diamond rings and all these kind of things it's they've commercialized and um it's all about making money and then we need to be dressed up and looking a certain way for our husbands and our partners and 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 then that's this this idea of this is how they depict love Mm-hmm. But I think love transcends all of these things. Love isn't isn't like about flowers and him taking you out. Love is about evolving with one another, growing with one another, learning from one another. So say, for example, my husband pick points something out about me. I should be so open and receptive to him that I understand that we, he loves me. And then if, if he gives me any kind of advice, I should be open and receptive to, towards it. Because when I'm open and receptive to something that somebody else says to me, that's me growing a little bit. It doesn't mean that he's putting me down. It might just be he's telling me something and I can now change something in myself because we can't often see our own, you know, our faults in ourselves. We can't see them ourselves or even our positive points. We can't see them in ourselves. Sometimes we need other people to point out the positive thing in us or maybe somewhere, some something that like, we can improve in ourselves. It's other people can see those things easily, just the way that we can see things in other people more easily. We need somebody else to point these things out to us as well. So our husbands are not our enemies. You know, they're not always our enemies, let's say. It's maybe, maybe it's the way that we're interpreting it that's wrong. Maybe our, you know, glasses, our perspective that we're looking at them through are not clean. Maybe we need to clean those sometimes. And, yeah. and then seeing it, as, seeing it as like a process of evolving, growing, learning from one another. Whenever any challenge comes in life, we don't start like arguing and 
and you know get into conflict with one another but we use that challenge to help us grow so I think it's more than just uh, looking lovey-dovey singing songs um, you know around the trees and uh, looking beautiful for one another love and unconditional love is so much more than all of these things yeah I think the idea about um how you view um, what lens you are looking through. Now, it reminds me of, um, I'm paraphrased praising the Hadith, where, you know, there's um, a narration where it describes Shaitan and he's, he has his little minion Shaitans, which is the only yeah. way I can describe them. They're coming and telling him, oh, I did this today about some fitna they caused. Another one comes and says something else. And then one comes and says, I caused problems between a couple, a marriage. I caused, you know, discord and, and anger in a marriage. And then he said, yes, you have done well. Like he really praises that particular little devil. Mm. And so I think this is it. You know, we don't, if we ponder about that, you know, if we're, like when we think, okay, I'm having, my marriage isn't good or I'm having problems. Pondering and thinking, well, what guidance does Allah give me to make my marriage strong? What do I, so even this idea about what you're consuming, again, like you said in that hadith, you know, nowadays it's, it's virtual what we're consuming. So we might not be sitting with a, a, you know, we don't get to, like, we wouldn't sit with someone telling you to, oh, your husband, to giving you the worst interpretation of your husband's actions, but we're consuming it. So we have to think, we need to stop. We need to realize what's bad for our marriage. And, and you know, like I stopped reading the books once I realized, stop consuming that or be around people who will give you good advice um what other advice would you give how can you like train your you know change your mindset when it comes to your belief system uh, regarding marriage well, the very first thing i think um that really really helps is i think self-awareness really really helps and i think this is some this is something that maybe i find that was missing in my own life that the more self-aware you become, the, the easier it is for you to not be so instinctive. Like um, a part of us is, every human being, a part of the way Allah SWT has created us is we have this instinctive kind of nature to us, so like this animal-like tendencies. So we've got like feelings. And um, it's like, say somebody was to say something to me, offensive comment to me, the very first thing that happens is you get this feeling in your body. The very first thing you feel is a like heat coming up your chest or maybe you're, arms get all tense like that fight or flight response is triggered but that happens so fast so so fast so quickly that we we never realize that it's actually a thought that created that feeling because um in our brain there's like any for, for anything that i see anything i hear there's always two kind of signals that, are, that go to my brain the very first signal that go, goes to the limbic area of the brain within seconds, split seconds of me thinking something, there's this signal that goes to my limbic area of the brain. And straight after that, there's another signal which goes to the, the prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part. Now, Allah, there's so much wisdom in the way that Allah has made us be. That was made in that way for, for our survival needs because if you think about primitive times, we was made in such a way that, you know, we used to live in like, uh, not proper houses, we'd live in like a, a tribe, we'd live in like, um, not, you know, the ways the houses are built up now, we've got a lot more security now, they weren't built up that we'd probably be living somewhere where there's boxes around or wolves around, or maybe we'd be living near another tribe, there was uh, less food, so maybe somebody from the other tribe would come and, you know, steal our food and stuff, so we always had to be alert, you know, part of part of us is our survival needs, we need to always be alert, so the last one of those made us, he wants us to protect ourselves first so we're always our brains always scan, scanning for any kind of like threat is there any kind of threat here for me we're always 
that if you hear a loud banging noise in the middle of the night, the first thing you'll think is you'll you will like um you know you'll jump kind of thing, won't you? Mm-hmm. It's it's like um it's it's the very first thing your body kind of wants to tell you, look, there's something happening there. But then after a few split seconds, you think, oh look, it was just a washing machine or or maybe my husband's just come in or you know one of the kids have gone downstairs, something like that, you know. So so that that uh, emotionalized response that we have is supposed to be for our survival. Like, just imagine so you've got little children and they're outside and they're trying to run, run, running towards the road. The first thing you do, without even thinking, is you quickly like panic a little bit and uh, you kind of grab their hand and pull them back. So it's all for our survival, isn't it? We lock our doors at night when we go to sleep. It's all, it's all survival. Where it's problematic is when when that emotional kind of feeling inside ourselves is leading our life. When we're living a whole of our life based on our instincts. So say, for example, every single time I, I feel a feeling in my body, right, I, I act upon that. So uh, if my husband says something to me and I've felt a little bit of something go on here, you know, this, this part of our mind isn't always accurate. It's quick, it's intense, but it's not always accurate. I can't live my life based on my instincts. I have to become a conscious thinker. Now, self-awareness means that we start noticing those sensations in our those feelings. We start picking up on our tense, how we're feeling now, how we're feeling. We start noticing things like, you know, that I've got that and how they're triggering us. And we also are able to live in the present moment. When you're able to live in the present moment, you're more in tune with your own body, with your own feelings, with your thoughts. Because another interesting thing that I learned is that we are not our, we are not our thoughts. We are the consciousness behind our thoughts. Have you ever noticed Fred, that you can think about what you're thinking about? Oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> so you can, you can think, of oh, what am I thinking about? Suddenly, like you, your mind might drift somewhere and you'll notice that I'm thinking that thing. That means that the, we are not our thoughts, that we are separate to our thoughts. Our thoughts, it, the way I like to look at it is our brain is a machine, a thought producing machine. It's always going to produce some thought or another. It's constantly, it has to, that's just the way it works. Even when we're asleep, our mind never stops working. It's constantly producing some thought or another. But the question is then, like, which thoughts do we accept? The thoughts that we accept are the ones that we ponder on, aren't they? They're the ones that we run with. And then there's also in Surah Nas, the, the, fact, the fact that it's, it's mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the, there's the whispering of the Satan that they mentioned in Surah Nas. So in other words, every single one of our thoughts doesn't come from us. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires our thoughts with positive thoughts. Sometimes the shaitans whispering things into our hearts and minds. So then in that respect, as Muslims, we've been told this in Surah Nas, that's powerful, that every single thought that comes into your mind is not a reality and that's not coming from you as well. This could be some the image that you've seen on social media that's coming out from your subconscious mind because you've shown these images to yourself for so long. Now your subconscious mind is picking something out from there. It could be anything. So we need to direct our mind, which what kind of result do we want in our life? And then after that, direct our mind in that kind of way. So if, if my mind suggests something to me about my husband and tells me something negative, that he's being rude to you, he's disrespecting you. I need to ask myself, is that really true? Hold on a second, I'm feeling this feeling now. I'm feeling a little bit defensive. Why am I feeling defensive? What do you think I might have thought? Because we can never catch our thoughts, it happens so quick. So you ask yourself, what did I just think then? And then reframe that thought. Say to yourself, is that really the case? Or do you think you might be tired? Is he upset about something? Be, Be a bit more curious rather than defensive. And I think, that's what makes us up, makes up who we are. It's every single small choices that we make every single day makes us who we are, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like we often think that, oh, look, uh, that, that wedding party, that, that holiday that we're going to go to, that's the time when I'm going to have fun. That's the time when I'm going to enjoy myself. But I realised that why wait for that holiday? Why wait for that, you know, big wedding? Why wait for that event? Why not make it every single day 
daily life experience, beautiful experience for yourself every single day. You know, in that way, Alhamdulillah, subhanAllah, you can make your life like Jannah if you want. Like, you, you know, I'm not saying it's always going to be happy, always going to feel amazing, but even, even the challenging situations, overcoming them together can give you so much satisfaction and love and it can improve your relationship with one another. And I think that's, it's a completely different paradigm. It's a completely different way of looking at a relationship. I think we, all of these unhealthy images of love and everything that society is showing us today, we need to realize it is, it is all to do with um, consumerism. They want you to buy something. There's some reason behind it. They thrive based on our insecurities, insecurity in relationships, insecurities in marriages, insecurities with the way that we look. So I think that definitely we need to start talking about these things more. Mm -hmm. So Nadia, so if, um, if a listener would like to find out more about your work, where, where can they find you? Well, I'm on um, Instagram, Nadia's Choice. I'm on Facebook, Nadia's Choice. And I've uh, got my website, nadiaschoice.co.uk. Okay, excellent. Because, mashallah, I've learned so much just from discussion. And inshallah, you must come on again. Um, I've, you know, we need to talk about that. There, there's so much else we could talk about. I'm sure there's, you know, you could give advice to us. Um, so, jazakallah khair. And, um, yeah, we'll speak again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Sister Fad. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's such a lovely sister. Keep up the amazing work that you do. Oh, Jazakallah khair. Asalaamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. This episode is brought to you by farhatameen.com, a website that specializes in Islamic stickers, Muslim activity books, as well as Ramadan and e-decorations. Wholesale and reseller inquiries are also welcome. So visit farhatameen.com today.